You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Tonight I want to, I want to talk to you about a topic. And uh, this topic is so far reaching that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you've, what you've come from or where you've been, this topic relates and applies to you. Um, so strap in, get ready, because there's going to be something in here for everybody. And uh, so uh, there's a guy by the name of Nezrut Gurker. Now, you probably don't know who this guy is, but that's him. That's Nezrut. Um, now, I'm going I'm to take everybody into the land of relevance. Um, so my role as a youth pastor, I have to sometimes delve into relevance and, uh, you know, what's trending on social media. This guy actually made millions of dollars last year, at the beginning of last year, with one single video of himself cutting a steak. And then he is colloquially known as Salt Bay. Um, now, has anybody not heard of Salt Bay? Okay, that's good. Um, so Salt Bay, he runs a restaurant. He's a Turkish butcher, and he runs a restaurant. Uh, just filmed a video of himself cutting a steak, and then he puts salt on the steak very different. Uh, and, and, and nobody else had seen it before. And so literally he went from having one, uh, two restaurants, one in uh, the United Arab Emirates and one in Turkey, to now having 12, just with this overnight social media success. I think we do have the video, so I'll give you a, a bit of an intro into who Salt Bay is. Check it out. There it is. That's Salt Bay. Who's hungry? Um, so this guy literally made millions off a 35-second video. 35 seconds. I was able to open up 12 restaurants, now celebrities from all over the world, go to his restaurant just to see him do this with salt. And um, so I'm not really going to talk about Salt Bay, but I'm going to read a, a well-worn passage. And uh, it's, it's Jesus talking, and probably it... It proceeds one of his most uh, famous sermons or one of his most famous teachings, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, he goes through, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, all of those ones. And then, but then he makes this statement straight after this. So it's kind of, it, it's Jesus' most profound teaching at the time. And then he makes this statement that sometimes gets lost on us. And it's found in Matthew chapter 13, Matthew, sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. And if you've been around church for a while, you've possibly heard this, but it says this, you are the salt bay of the earth. And it says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out, trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. See, Jesus makes this statement that we are the salt of the earth. Now, it's not really something that you want to hear, like, you know, you are the apple of my eye, you know, you're the wing, wind beneath my wings. But Jesus says, no, no, you're the salt of the earth. 
And, and salt is one of those interesting things. It's one of those interesting uh, condiments where salt is not a hero. You don't see on MKR, you've got somebody and their main ingredient is salt and they kind of bring it out and they've just got salt on the plate and you don't hear the judges say, you know, you really made salt the hero of the dish. Salt is not a hero. You don't want salt to be the hero in your dish. Like I really, the salt, that was what I was after. You know, put the steak to the side, I just wanted the salt. It's not one of those things that is a hero. It's not one of those things that... In, if you're looking in cooking, that everybody wants to be able to taste the salt. It's, in, it's important and it's, it's impactful, but it is not the hero. It's necessary to enhance the dish. Uh, I was doing a diet a couple of weeks ago, and praise God that's finished. But, um, and so there was, there was a time, and, and all that we could eat was lamb or fish. And so I decided that I'd make myself a lamb dish. I'd kind of seen it done before. And so I put all the ingredients together, put it all in there, and then, you know, just slow cooked it because I thought, you know, that's what they do on the TV. So slow cooked this lamb and then, you know, served it to Amy really proud. And, uh, you know, this is what I've worked on all day. And she said, ah, needs more salt. And, um, and I was like, oh, she's just being harsh. But then I tasted it and it did need more salt. Um, the dish felt hollow. It felt, it, it felt lacking in flavor. And, and that's what salt does. It doesn't, it's not the hero of a dish, but it lifts the hero of the dish so that it can be front and center. And, uh, and, and that's like us. See, our, our, our call is not to be the hero of the community, but our call is to be that which enhances our community. We're called to be that which lifts the heroes that surround us. And just like salt, you notice when it's not there, but you also notice when it's there. And so that's how we're called to be. See, salt is in in this kind of traditional uh, Hebrew cooking would have been for two things. It would have been to enhance the flavor, but it would have also been to preserve something. And the salt itself is not that which we preserve. We don't preserve salt. We preserve our meat and something like that. So again, it's not the hero of the preservation, but it is necessary for the preservation. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you've given us this great calling to be impactful and present in society. Lord, I pray that as we unpack your word, as we unpack your gospel, Lord, that we would become salty in our community. We would become impactful and we would lift those who surround us every single day. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. You know, Jesus makes the statement, you are the salt of the earth. And everybody goes, yes. We're the salt of the earth. And it's kind of one of those statements that it's so loaded. It's so loaded when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Because when we think of salt, we think of salt. And, and when, but when the disciples thought of salt, they would have understood the process in which salt comes about. Salt just doesn't appear in sachets. It doesn't appear in a grinder on your table. Salt actually goes through a heck of a process to get to where it is useful. 
And, and it's the same with us. And if you're not a follower of Christ or you're not a, a Bible person, you don't call yourself a, a part of a church, then, you know, I want you to tune in because there is something about the process that you don't necessarily have to be a God person to embrace. And so tune in for this. Hopefully you'll get something out of it as well. But salt does not just happen. It's not like, oh my goodness, I need to go down to the salt tree and get some salt off the tree. Salt just doesn't happen. Uh, I remember, I'm going to give you a bit of an insight into, into my starting as a youth pastor. I started as a youth pastor when I was 23. And uh, I had no idea. And uh, those that were kind of serving with me probably realized this. I had no idea. But I thought to myself, well, you know, got dressed up in my hippest clothes, did my hair right, and, uh, you know, walked into Pastor John's office because I thought Pastor John is going to have like an 80-point plan, and that's how I'm going to have to run the youth ministry. And uh, pretty much... I walked into Pastor John's office and I said, you know, Pastor John, I'm really excited to be the youth pastor and how do you want me to run the youth? And he gave me three responses. Save, uh, get kids saved, you know, put on a Friday night program and raise leaders. And I thought to myself, yes, how? Um, and, uh, and Pastor John says to me, get kids saved, run a Friday night program and raise leaders. And I was like, okay. Then walked out of his office and went back to the drawing board. And like, I'm, I'm very grateful because you have to work it out. You can't kind of, there's no 100 point plan on how to do exactly the same thing. It's not necessarily, there's no formula that's going to make that happen. You need to find out for yourself. But in the same way, when Jesus says to the disciples, you are the salt of the earth, they're like, yes, oh my goodness, that's actually a really loaded statement. And uh, I've become a salt nerd. Uh, so if you want to have a look at my browser history, uh, I've been watching YouTubes on salt for about the last three days. And so it's really exciting. It's really riveting stuff. Um, so if I appear boring, don't just humor me. But salt is an incredibly amazing thing. Like, uh, you know, this Himalayan rock salt, which is actually this. It's not a crystal. Don't freak out. It's Himalayan rock salt. Um, so this kind of Himalayan rock salt, which has kind of taken the, uh, the world by storm, and everybody's like, it's so much healthy, so much healthier for you, and, and all the health buffs are like, this is, this is the next best thing. And, and, but like, when you actually research how salt comes about, it's incredibly, incredibly insightful. And I think that when Jesus made this statement, he wasn't just saying, hey, you're going to be salty. But I think there was, there was actually something behind it that, that gives us a greater insult, uh, insight as to how... <laughs> See what I did there? I'll use that one later. Um, but Jesus gave us a greater insight into actually how we become salty. Because it says if that salt has lost its flavor, it's no good. But I, I'm here to tell you tonight, you can actually become re-salty. You can re-salt yourself. And, uh, and so we're going to have a look at that tonight. In the north of Pakistan, there's a mine, and it's called the Jura Mine. And uh, now this mine would have been where Jesus got his salt. Uh, it was discovered in about 300 BC, and, uh, and, and so they've been mining salt from there from the day, from 300 BC to now. They're still mining it now. And, uh, and so this would have been where Jesus got his salt because of the, uh, that kind of Asia minor region would have been, that's where the salt would have come from. And so I want to take you through the process and then, and then make it applicable to where you and I live because it's like, okay, 
this salt weirdo is going to like insult us with all of these salt kind of things. But you know, when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, it's not saying, go round and cry in people's soup so that it kind of lifts the flavor. Or go around and sweat on people because you're the salt of the earth and you need to kind of get your saltiness out of there. But it's, it's to lift people and point them towards a savior. It's to lift them up and enhance them so that they can actually see and understand that they have a calling and a God that loves them. And so that is what salt does. And, and so, you know, we're here, to pro, we're here to enhance the flavor and the life of those around us and we're here to preserve the life of those around us through introducing them to an eternal God that loves them. And so there's four stages to salt. Here we go. Buckle up. Four stages to salt. The first one is that salt has to be formed. Salt just doesn't happen. It has to be formed. The second one is that salt is actu- has to be mined. It's not like you just have to go down to, you know, you pick up a salt bag and then you've just got to crush it down. It has to be mined. The third thing is that it has to be refined. Salt has to be refined so that it can be then used in purpose. And then the last one, it has to be added to something. Salt by itself doesn't do anything, but salt added to something increases and enhances it. And, uh, and so I want to look at each stage of the salt-making process or the salt process there and have a look at how it applies to us. Because Jesus says, what good is it if salt has lost its flavor? And I don't know if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling like you're going through a tough stage, if you're feeling like there's pressure, if you're feeling like everything's coming in around you. Well, there's there's something in, in, in each of these stages and in passages of Scripture that we'll pull out tonight that are going to bring about a transformation, I believe it. So the first thing that salt does is salt has to be formed. Now, the only way that salt is formed is that salt water becomes trapped and it becomes isolated and then the pressure and the evaporation of the water then creates salt. So salt has to be formed. It just doesn't appear. It's formed over thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Now, the salt where we would get something like this from, uh, actually, uh, the, the way that it was created is that it was an, an ocean and then the tectonic plates moved in such a way that it trapped the, the, the salty water underneath a mountain and then the geographic pressure on top of that created an, a, a massive salt mountain. And so they're still mining it. They'll be still mining it for hundreds of years to come. But that's the way that salt is, is formed. It's, create, it's formed when salty water gets trapped in the same place and pressure is applied to it, and therefore the water evaporates. Now, what does that mean for us? Two things happen, needs to happen for salt to get trapped, so for salt to form. It needs to get trapped, and there needs to be pressure. Now, what does that mean for us? It means that in order for salt to be formed, you need to remain stationary and and then be under pressure. So if you want salt in your life, then, then the process is that we need to remain in the same place and endure through pressure. And, 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 this is what ha- and this is how salt is formed. And this is how we become salty, is that when we remain in a place and don't let the water escape, we don't go, well, blow this, I'm just going to move on, I'm just going to move past this. But when we remain planted when we remain firm and then we endure the pressure, salt comes to pass. 
and salt and, and, and then salt that becomes mined and then is refined and then added. That is how salt is made. And so I want to look at a passage of Scripture and look at a, a, a biblical character in, a, in essence. And um, he's not one that we kind of drag out a lot because um, he's, he kind of goes through some tough stuff. And, uh, and, and, you know, Job is the character that I want to look at tonight because Job actually became probably one of the saltiest humans in, in that form ever because he endured great pressure, he endured great trial, he endured great uh, catastrophe, but remained and then became impactful and lifted the lives of those around him. So, backstory. Um, God is in heaven, and they said that it's the, it's the heavenly realm, and, and, and he notices Satan, and he says, Satan, what are you doing? And, uh, and he goes, you know, I've scoured the earth, and, and I, I can't find anybody that's righteous. And God says, well, have you met my servant Job? And then Satan says, yeah, yeah, well, it's easy for Job to be righteous. He's rich. He's got a great family. He's got a great job. He's got a great position. It's easy for him to be righteous. And God says, well, you, I give you permission to test him, but don't harm him. And so Satan goes, okay, cool. And then literally in the space of a day, Job's entire family by his wife is wiped out. His children, his servants, his livestock, his position, completely gone. And, uh, and, and so Job is enduring incredible pressure at this point. And in Job chapter 2 verses 9 to 10, he says this, and his, this is his wife talking to him. He says, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and nothing ever, anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing Right. See, I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know, you know, what challenges, what trials, what pressure you're facing. But can I give you with can I leave you with this encouragement? Stay put. Don't give up. When you can endure the pressure and when you stay put, that's why church is so important is because in this environment, when you're going through pressure, others can come around you and, and help you while that salt is being formed in your life. And, and, and don't run away. Don't think, well, don't, don't think that pressure, that trial, that obstacle is God's punishment. No, it is God refining something in your life that is going to make you impactful and impart something into the community that surrounds you. And, and you don't know what obstacles you're facing now that you are going to bring into somebody's situation and be salt to that situation. And, and, and so many times we can see our, our loss of comfort as the punishment of God. No, it's God helping us to be greater and, and be more impactful and, and live according to the calling that he's given us. See, the way that salt is formed, it's formed through private pressure, private pressure. And Pastor John spoke this morning about have you met God? And it's a great message. If you haven't got it, if you haven't heard it, listen to it on our podcast because it's, uh, it, it's that he was talking about Jacob and Jacob went through incredible pressure and, and, and through that was blessed. And, and you know, if you can endure your pressure, if you can endure your private 
pressure, then it will bring about salt. And, and, and you will be appealing and you will lift those around you. You will preserve them because you have endured. And I'm not saying don't seek help, but I am saying don't run away from it. See, when that salt was formed, when those tectonic plates moved, the, the minute that, that the water was able to drain somewhere, salt wasn't formed. But because it couldn't escape, because it remained put, because it remained planted there, salt formed. So p- private pressure creates salt. The next stage in the salt process is that salt has to be mined. It can't stay where it is. You know, you can, there's hundreds of seams of salt all over the earth. And you know what? It's not adding an iota to anybody's food. It's not adding an iota to anybody's preservation. It's there. It's great. We know about it, but it's not moving. And, and, and so when you've kind of gone through your private pressure, it then has to become public praise. Private pressure becomes public praise. And public praise is the mining of that salt out of your situation. See, it, it's not about going through, through, going through hardship, going through pressure, going through a loss or something like that, and then holding it to yourself and saying, well, that's just mine. Don't get in my business. Don't talk about it. No, but when public praise happens, then we're mining the salt that's on your life. We're pulling it out, and it's becoming useful. It's becoming impactful. It's becoming part of who you are. But so many times, we're like, well, don't don't talk about my hurt. Don't talk about that thing that I've gone through. And, and when, but, but you've gone through it, you need to bring it out so that it can be mined so that other people can benefit from it. The way that we mine salt is through public praise. See, these things are praise reports. We don't do them just so that we can go, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you, you got a breakthrough. No, it's because something is released when we praise God about a miracle that's taken place. Something is mined off your life that is going to help somebody beside you, behind you, in front of you. It doesn't matter. And, and you know, we need to not be so... Uh, so private in our pressure that, that we kind of never bring it to the fore and nobody ever hears about it. There's a hundred different stories in this room. And my thing is, could your story release breakthrough in somebody else's life? Could your situation release some, something into your workplace's life? So your boss might be going through something that your public, your, your private pressure has dealt with. And, and, and if we're just kind of like, well, that's just mine. Don't, don't ever go there. Then we're missing the opportunity to be mined as salt. When Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, he didn't just say, you know, you're a sachet of salt to kind of spray about here. No, it's that as you are mined, you become useful to the community around you, you know. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not useful until it's mined. Salt is not useful until it's mined. And you can go through all of the private pressure things in the world, but it's not useful until it's mined through public praise. See, the, the story of Job continues. Now, his friends start going on the offensive. They start saying, well, the reason that you're suffering, Job, is because you're a sinner. And it's because you've done all the wrong things and you've kind of lived this lavish lifestyle. And now you've got the judgment of God that's coming upon you. And, uh, and, and so this is kind of where we pick up the story in Job chapter 19, verses 13. It says, My relatives stay far away. 
and my friends have turned against me. My family is gone. My close friends have forgotten me. My servants and maids consider me a stranger. I am a foreigner to them. When I call my servant, he doesn't come. I have to plead with him. My breath is repulsive to my wife. I am rejected by my own family. Private pressure. And then he moves on. Verses 25 to 27. He says, But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last. doesn't stay in private pressure. He moves into public praise. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed with the thought. See, Job was enduring incredible private pressure, but always moved into the space of public praise. You know, I'm not here to belittle your challenge. I'm not here to belittle your trial. I know that everybody here goes through a trial. But, but there's something powerful when it comes out of that, that private moment, when it comes out of that hold and you release it into the community around you. So, the last, so private pressure, public praise. I'm doing well with the P's, aren't I? And then the, la- the third thing is that salt has to be refined. It has to be refined. And the way that we talk about refined, here we go, Purpose purified. Don't, I don't want to brag, but thesaurus actually got a workout. Um, you see, once the salt is mined, it's fit for use, but there's different uses. There's different uses for salt. And the reason that I've got here is like, if you were at a restaurant and somebody says, do you want some salt, sir? And you said, yes, please. And they plonked this on your steak you would be very annoyed and very frustrated, rightly so, because that is going to wreck your steak. But there's multi-purposes for salt. That's for light. And, 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 you know, there's a whole bunch of different purposes for salt, but purpose purified becomes when you're able to take your, public, your, your private pressure, turn it into public praise, and bring it into a purpose purified. And, and, you know, I've, I've seen people go through all kinds of stuff, go through all kinds of hell, if you want to call it that, and then they think that their story somehow, it needs to be told from a pulpit. But it's, that, that's not necessarily your purpose purified. Your purpose purified is being where you are at and using the salt that you've got to breathe into that situation. You see how it works? It's not like, okay, uh, I've, I've gone through something. Now I've, 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 I've praised God. Okay, now I, need to, now I need to stand on the stage and talk to people. And, and if I was to take a survey here, the reason that you came to faith was not because somebody stood on a soapbox and yelled at you. It was because particular people that were close to you spoke about their experience. And, and their experience unlocked something in you. And, and then through that relationship, they, they were able to meet the person of Jesus Christ. They were able to encounter his love. And, 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 you know, this is not the height of ministry. The person that shares about their struggle and how they still believe in God, despite what they're going through, that is ministry. And that is what's impactful. And that is what is salty. And, 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 you know, we, we, we can't get hung up on all of this. Well, you know, well, it, it, the pastor should be doing that. No, no. I actually believe that more people come to Christ through relationship, which is this purpose purified, than any other, any other means. You know, 
It's, there's so many different spaces. My space is different to your space. My vein is different to your vein. My purpose is different to your purpose. And, and, and it's true across everybody in this room. We, we can't kind of do a one-size-fits-all for how we're going to impact our community because each of our community is different. And each of your story is different. And it's a cheap mode to kind of go, well, that's how it should be done. Just like Pastor John didn't say, well, this is how you need to do all of this because, you know, there's a hundred different ways to do it. You've got to find your groove. You've got to find your purpose purified. Job found his purpose in the last chapter of the book, so to speak. It says this in Job chapter 42, verses 7 to 9. And it says, After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temonite, I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls, seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer on your behalf. I will not treat you as you deserve, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite, did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. See, Job's purpose was not to go through all those struggles just for the sake of it, but it was actually to bring, it, bring about a revelation of who God was to those three gentlemen. And, 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 you know, don't get me wrong, it's a great purpose to prove people wrong. But in this case, Job's purpose was to prove people wrong. Now, that we don't all get that luxury. Um, but, you know, your private pressure brought about through public praise and then uh, purpose purified allows you access into areas that other people don't have access to. And who knows, you maybe, you know, maybe God has instructed and, and, and placed you there for that purpose. And, and you, know, you might be thinking, well, this is just my job, this is just what I do. But no, there's, there's a purpose behind it. And, and as, we, as we mine it, once you mine it with public praise... And then the purpose gets purified. The last thing is um, that salt has to be added. It can be formed. It can be mined. It can be, it can be purified. It can be refined. But unless it is added, it doesn't matter one single iota. Salt has to be added. And how is salt added? Here we go. People positioned people positioned to add salt to somebody's life. See, Jesus spoke to us, and that included everybody, for a chance to follow him and the opportunity to follow him. And if you're here tonight and you've never taken that opportunity to say, hey, I want to follow Jesus, I want to follow, I want to follow his ways, then we'll give you that chance at the end of the service. And, you know, I, I want to give you that opportunity to acknowledge him as your savior, as Job essentially did. He acknowledged God as his saviour and his help. And, uh, you know, but Jesus' labelling of us was not, you are, the, you are the salt of the earth. It wasn't to, you need to assault the earth. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about you need to insult the earth. No, it was you are here to salt the earth. There's a, um, there, there's a, uh, a movie, it's called Agora, and it's about uh, 300 AD when uh, the, the Christianity has now spread like wildfire. And, and what's happened is that Christians have now become militant. 
and they're now taking over places and beating people into submission. And God's purpose was never to beat people into submission. It was to be alongside people so that we consult their experience. And it was never to insult people so that we can put them offside. And, you know, I believe that God has positioned you to be salt to those that are around you, whether it's your work, whether it's your university, whether it's your family, whether it's your school, whether it's your home, wherever that may be, you are there to bring salt into that situation. You're there to bring salt alongside them. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus in this place, we have an incredible opportunity to enhance the lives of those around us. We have an incredible opportunity to lift them up as a hero in their community. And, and, and we are not the heroes. We come alongside people to enhance, to add flavor, to add purpose into their lives. And, you know, to help in the preservation to show people an eternity with a God that loves them, to bring them into contact with a Savior that died for them. You see, that one of, the, one of the dangers that we have is that when you only hang out with salty people, you get saltier. And, and, and you know, our purpose is not to become saltier. Our purpose is to be salt. And, 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 you know, we're called to be alongside people that are going through hell. They're going through struggles. And we're called to bring our salt We're called to bring our experience, which happened in private pressure. We spoke about it in public praise. It became purpose refined, and then we're positioned to bring it into their life. And, you know, we're never meant to have a salt camp over here, like this is Camp Salt. Come to Camp Salt. Oh, this is great. We're all salty over here. And and I think one of the problems is that, that in order to impact our community, we can't, we can't be on the periphery. We have to be in it. We can't just kind of have our holy huddle and then go out and everybody's like, what the heck, you weirdos. I believe that God has called us to be well-rounded people that carry something that enhances people's lives. We're not called to necessarily be weirdos. Sometimes we have to be weirdos. But we're not necessarily called to be alternate just for the sake of being alternate. No, we're people that carry the salt of the gospel, that carry the salt of the love of Christ. And, you know, maybe you're here tonight and maybe you've never actually tasted the salt of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never experienced his love. Maybe you've never had that washing that takes place when you can put your trust and your purpose in him. You see, private pressure is made easier when you're in the presence of God. And maybe you've never experienced the presence of God. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to sing a song, and then Pastor Tim's going to come out, and and, and you've got an opportunity to taste the salt of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got an opportunity to taste the purpose of Christ in your life. So as we sing, why don't you just... Think about something in, in your mind. And, and, and if you haven't made that decision, well, tonight's your night. Tonight's your opportunity. You can make that decision and taste the salt that will never be salty. It'll never, it'll never run. It'll never not be salty. It will always be salty. It will always be per, uh, permanent, and it will enhance your life. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 